This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The wreckage from Hurricane Ian is poised to leave millions of Floridians without power, possibly for weeks. As of Thursday morning, more than 2.5 million customers in Florida had lost service, with more outages expected. Now, moving forward, the CEO of the state's largest power utility, Florida Power & Light, told reporters on Wednesday not to expect an instant resumption of power and that parts of the grid will experience damage, quote, beyond repair. Specifically in the short term, one major issue facing Florida utilities is a nationwide shortfall of critical electrical equipment, and the wait times to obtain such supplies are now as long as two to three years. So today we check in with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about the state of Florida's power grid and how supply chain issues could impact the state's power restoration efforts. It's Friday, September 30th. So Kat, millions of Floridians have been left without power because of Hurricane Ian. So how badly was the grid damaged and when realistically could those customers get their power back? So the latest update from the state's largest utility, Florida Power & Light, basically says that they're still assessing the, quote, catastrophic damage caused by Hurricane Ian and that they're working to restore power. But they kind of warn also that a lot of infrastructure will need to be rebuilt and those efforts will take even longer. This is something that the CEO actually warned of, which was, you know, this is basically not only going to require a restoration effort, meaning just bringing the lights back on, but also an entire rebuilding effort. So really completely redoing swaths of the grid, which could stretch on for weeks. So we might see some customers getting their power back on within hours or a few days. But for the parts of the system that are really, really damaged and need that full rebuild, it could take weeks. And so as crews look to restore power, one issue you report that they're facing is they don't have the electrical equipment they need. So what's the reason for that? So it all goes back to the COVID-19 pandemic and the material and labor shortages that have compounded in this really serious supply chain issue that we've been hearing about for a while now. The way that that's impacted the power sector specifically is it's created a shortage of critical transformers that are needed to basically maintain reliability on the grid. They carry power from the places that power is generated to homes and businesses. So what utilities have to do is basically, in order to kind of make up for this shortfall and kind of what they have been doing, is they've been restoring and recycling parts where they can, and they're also trading amongst each other when needed. But overall, the backup supplies that utilities typically have in their stockpile, those have continued to deplete at a pretty concerning pace as orders and wait times have really languished from just a few months to an average of a year and up to even two or three years for these parts. Wow. And so how is this ongoing supply chain crunch complicating power restoration efforts and how might that impact the grid going forward? So it complicates these efforts immediately because if large parts of the grid are completely destroyed in Florida, that's going to require a lot of new parts to rebuild that section of the power system. 
And so it threatens to deplete an already limited supply of those transformers. And power sector leaders are, are very quick to say, you know, power will get restored. This is the priority. We're not going to kind of leave people in the dark because of this limited supply. But the question really is, what are we left with when this is over, if supplies are significantly dwindling? And the other question is, will we have enough for the next disaster that hits the grid, whether it be a hurricane, a cyber attack, or a winter storm, if we kind of continue to overuse our supplies now, even though there's really no choice but to use those supplies. Also, U.S. oil and gas producers are emitting significantly more methane into the atmosphere than was previously thought because of inefficient or inoperable flares. That's according to research published on Thursday in the journal Science. Methane is a primary component of natural gas and can be a byproduct of oil production. It's either captured or burned off rather than being emitted. Flares are devices that specifically burn methane, breaking it down into carbon dioxide and water vapor. Environmentalists have long questioned whether methane leaks are accurately estimated, and flares are generally considered to operate at 98% efficiency. But researchers found that both unlit flares and inefficiencies in the rest meant they were destroying only around 91% of methane. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power-switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nirmal Malaykal is the podcast producer. Raghu Manuvalanid edited the show this week. Jenny Amans is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Energy demand is on the rise. That's why Chevron plans to increase its oil production by 15% over 2021 levels in the Permian Basin, all while continuing to reduce both carbon and methane emissions intensities. Learn more at chevron.com slash Permian Production.